This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Opinion Release Guidance on Charitable Donations Opinion releases can provide valuable information for the compliance practitioner. I would agree with a statement found in the 2012 guidance that the DOJ's opinion procedure is a valuable mechanism for companies and individuals to determine whether proposed conduct would be prosecuted by the DOJ under the FCPA. Generally speaking, under the opinion procedure process, parties submit information to the DOJ, which after the DOJ issues an opinion about whether the proposed conduct falls within its enforcement policy. In the areas of charitable donations, the DOJ has provided four opinion releases, which give solid guidance on the tricky issue under the FCPA of charitable donations. In each opinion release, the DOJ indicated that it would not initiate prosecutions based upon the fact scenarios presented to it. Opinion release 9501. This request is from a U.S.-based energy company that planned to operate a plant in South Asia in an area where there were no medical facilities available. The energy company planned to donate $10 million for equipment and other costs to a medical complex that was under construction nearby. The donation would be made through a U.S. charitable organization and a South Asian LLC. The energy company stated it would do three things with respect to this donation. Before releasing funds, the energy company said it would require certifications from the officers of all entities involved that none of the funds would be used in violation of the FCPA. Two, it would ensure that none of the persons employed by the charity or the LLC were affiliated with the foreign government. And three, the energy company would require audited financial reports detailing the disposition of the funds. Opinion Release 9702. This request is from a U.S.-based utility company that planned to operate a plant in South Asia in an area where there was no primary level school. Utility company planned to donate $100,000 for construction and other costs to a government entity that would propose to build an elementary school nearby. Before releasing funds, the utility company said it would require certain guarantees from the government entity regarding the project, including that the funds would be exclusively used for the school. In opinion release 6-01, the request is from a Delaware company doing business in Africa. The company desired to initiate a pilot project under which it would contribute $25,000 to the Ministry of Finance in the country to improve local enforcement of anti-counterfeiting laws. The contribution would fund incentive awards to local customs officials, which was needed because this African country was a major transit port for illicit trade, and local customs officials had no incentive to prevent the contraband. 
The company said that along with the contribution, it would execute an agreement with the ministry to encourage the exchange of information and establish procedures and criteria for incentive awards. The company said if the program was successful, the awards would continue to be funded as needed and the company would seek participation of its competitors in this program. The company would implement at least five safeguards to ensure the funds would be used as intended including payments to a valid government account subject to internal audits, payments upon confirmation the seeds goods were in fact counterfeit. The ministry would identify award candidates without input from the company and would provide evidence the funds were used properly. The company would monitor the program's effectiveness and the records would be required to be kept and available for inspection. In opinion release 1002, the U.S. company desired to move from a charitable entity model to a for-profit model in the area of microfinancing. To do so, it was required to make a large cash donation to a charity in the country in question. The company engaged in three rounds of due diligence in which it determined the most favorable candidate had a government official on its board of directors, but under the laws of the country in question, the government official could not receive compensation to sit as a board member. After initially listing the three levels of due diligence in which the country had engaged in prior to finalizing its choice of local entity to receive the donation, the DOJ noted the donation <clears throat> requested that the company would be subject to the following controls. Payment of donations would be staggered over a period of eight quarters. Ongoing monitoring and auditing of funds for a period of five years. The donation would be specifically utilized for the building of infrastructure. The funds could not be transferred to either the charities present or any other affiliated entity. The funds would not be paid to the parent organization receiving the grant, and there was an absolute prohibition on compensating board members. The proposed grant agreement under which the funds would be donated had significant and a corruption provisions, which included a requirement that the local organization receive the funds, adopt an anti-corruption policy, and that the company making the donation shall receive full access to the local organization's books and records, the right to terminate the agreement and recall the funds if it was reasonably suggested a breach of compliance provisions occurred. And finally, the Mendelssohn Guidance. Dick Casson, writing in the FCPA blog, cited the then the Deputy Department of the Criminal Division's Fraud Section at the DOJ, Mark Mendelson, for some guidance on charitable donations under the FCPA. Mendelson initially noted that such requests must be evaluated on its own merits. He advocated a common-sense approach for clearing red flags. Some of the areas of inquiry would include, is there a nexus between the charity and government entity from which the company is seeking a decision? If the government decision maker holds a position at the charity, that's a red flag. Is the donation consistent with the company's overall pattern of charitable donations? Who made the request? And if a donation or a series of them has been made over the past five years, that's a red flag. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, you should never forget the power of the opinion release process. I think this is an extraordinarily underused tool in compliance, particularly FCPA compliance. You can pose direct questions, not hypotheticals to the government and get a direct answer. Uh, don't be afraid of opening the kimono. I'm not aware of any enforcement actions which have started because of this. Number two, you must manage your charitable donation program even after the money has been donated. Uh, execution is critical, but that's where rubber hits the road is on the management of the program thereafter. And finally, never forget the Mark Mendelson common sense approach to charitable donations. Uh, 
use your common sense. If something smells funny, it's probably because it is funny. If a red flag appears, you need to clear that red flag and be ready to have it documented if the regulators come knocking. I hope you will enjoy the entire month on written standards and that you will listen in again where we explore another topic in the month of May. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.